Welcome, Bird Gang, and welcome to Prime Time. On today's show, that's right, the Cardinals make their Prime Time debut coming up, and really, it's about time. There is no team playing better than the Cardinals, but they will be tested on Thursday Night Football. Mike Jarecki has his three keys to victory. What must happen for this team to run its record to 8-0? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 486, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Well, it's not quite a football Friday, but MJ, we've got a game in a matter of hours. Thursday night football, the first primetime telecast for the Arizona Cardinals. And I'll say this, it's taken a while, but now what we have seen through seven weeks, the rest of the nation will be able to see. Exactly. And I always think the Cardinals were more of the uh, more entertaining teams, kind of can't miss Kyler Murray and you know, obviously, when they're playing on a, on a Sunday afternoon, whether it's at 10 a.m. or 1:25, you know, a lot of a lot of fans are watching the national games. But now they're going to get the national platform here, and so against a really good opponent. Um, no, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I anticipate we're going to see some Packer fans. I was told they're bringing out their sponsors over 200, and they're going to play golf on Friday and lay at the pool. I don't see them going to the Washington State uh, Arizona State game, even though. Um, Sounds like uh, Jalen Thompson's going to be there. Anyway, so, yeah, this is just, uh, you know, the fact that you got one team on a six-game winning streak, another on a seven, 13-1 overall, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better matchup. Uh, this this game, to me, is bigger than the Bucks and and the um, the Bucks and Cowboys the first week, and I think it's bigger than the Bucks and, and the Patriots based just on one individual. It's just unfortunate that it's on a short week because you would like these two teams to be, well, about as healthy as you possibly can here entering week eight and, of course, with the full preparation. But it is what it is. The schedule makers, if you will, picked a fine contest even before the season, but now 13-1 and combined record between these two teams. And really, I think – the Cardinals certainly have the weights of the NFC West on their shoulders because if you look, Sunday night football, 49ers lost. Monday night football, Seahawks lost. Now, third straight primetime game featuring an NFC West opponent. The Cardinals want to make sure that the division does not go 0-4 as far as front of a national television audience. But uh, that's that's just us thinking out loud. And it's good that the division was featured a lot over the past several days. Yeah, what's interesting is I actually went back and looked at the, uh, according to the prognosticators, whether it's football focus or the over and under was eight and a half for the Cardinals. And everyone had them dead last in in, in the division. And again, I understand. I mean, you get a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. uh, They had expectations to get to the Super Bowl. And then you look at the Rams bringing in Matthew Stafford. They were already kind of a ready team. And then Seattle, Russell Wilson doesn't go down, Um, you know, but hey, um, I guess I get, the way I look at it is uh, our gain and their loss. Exactly. Things happen. What you can't predict when the schedule comes out in the offseason is injuries and then just certain teams rising up and certain teams falling. 
and the Cardinals certainly the latter and fortunate for us not the former before we get into MJ's three keys to victory the X factor and the intangible for this contest just a, a quick injury item and the only concern for the Arizona Cardinals is at the center position something we've been talking about here for a while on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We know Rodney Hudson is out at least one more game. He is trending, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, to be ready next week against the 49ers. But that's next week. So this week, once again, Max Garcia, though he is dealing with an Achilles issue. And the question is, if Garcia is unable to snap the football, who is the center? Well, it's Sean Harlow, a former fourth round draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons back in 2017. He would be the backup. And then if you're looking for contingency plans, you got Justin Pugh and Calvin Beecham, according to Kingsbury, who can play center. But as Kingsbury said, quote, hopefully we don't get to that point, end quote. And he also mentioned that, you know, he's kind of hopeful that maybe Rodney Hudson could return next week, but there was no guarantees. And so he is rehabbing and you know, they talked about, you know, having, you know, two deep at each position, and it's definitely been tested this year, whether it's COVID, whether it's injury, um, you know, so, I mean, I, you know, at this point, Josh Jones is your starting right guard, and we'll see what happens, but hopefully he's a bounce back game for him, but yeah, you know, the good thing about Harlow, I guess, he took a ton of snaps in the preseason, and people go preseason, well, those are live snaps, yep. and then when Justin Pugh was out with COVID, he was playing left guard next to Hump and Hudson, he learned a lot there. Um, watching him play doesn't look like it's too big for him. He's just not a household name, and we never thought that he would be one of the starting five uh, during the season, maybe an extra blocker, et cetera, like that. So, um, But again, uh, you know, Kugler's going to play the best guys. And one thing I noticed during the game was, you know, Kingsbury coming back, obviously he, he puts a lot of emphasis on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday's practice for the game plan. Is There were times when Kugler would come over to him and all of a sudden the Cardinals were running the football. So, you know, obviously Cliff just getting back and got the play sheet and everything else, and he kind of felt a little dust discombobulated maybe in the first quarter. Um, but Kugler was in his ear a lot during that game based on what he was able to see in practice. And that's something that you don't have that particular week and where Kingsbury said he felt a little disconnected because the first time running through those plays was actually game day. There was no prep for him on the football field. Different scenario this week, although they were only on the practice field on Tuesday and a very limited practice. It's not full speed, it's walk through tempo. And that's another thing Kingsbury brought up. He would much rather see these plays practiced at full speed or as full speed as possible, but that's, that's impossible right now because you wanna make sure these guys are healthy and able to go Thursday, not so much about running the offense or defense on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Yeah, and you're allowed, I think it's um, 11 padded practices over the you know 14, the first 14 weeks, that they were basically just in jerseys and they were basically, they did their stretching. And then, you know, I think they went about 80%. Um, they didn't do really hitting uh, any of the, the bags and, and, and some of the, uh, the blocking machines they have there. Um, so obviously recovery is the most important thing. You know, J.J. Watt uh, and DeAndre Hopkins, um, again, short week. I anticipate both are going to play like normal. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's the whole recovery. But I, I'm a big fan of 
being the home team is really going to help, man. We'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, you're going against one of the best quarterbacks in football. Yeah, you don't have to get on a plane. You don't have to stay at a hotel as far as outside of the norm, outside of your own vicinity. Uh, also on the injury front, Rashard Lawrence dealing with a calf issue. He did not play last week, listed as a game day decision. Good news, though, Chandler Jones, Zach Allen, activated off the reserve COVID-19 list. And according to Vance Joseph and Coach Kingsbury, both those players ready to go. So after missing some time, it'll be good to see both of those players back, especially going up against this Packers offense. Yeah, and and according to VJ, you know, you know Chandler's been out a little bit. Um, you know, with COVID, it could affect different uh, different guys. We know what Larry went through last year and Canard. So you know, but you know, there's a report he lost some weight, but uh, according to VJ, he's good to go. And you know, obviously, just having him on the field because they don't have David Terry at left tackle, they got a second round pick from 2019 there. So I got to think that's a matchup the Cardinals will try to attack. It is Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, let's discuss it here on a Wednesday, our normal football Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2. The matchup, Packers 6-1, and one, Cardinals 7-0. and oh. Kickoff from State Farm Stadium on Thursday night, 5-20. That means pregame coverage begins at 1.30 on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. 6-1, and 7-0. Oh. Yes, the Packers are expected to be without two of their top wide receivers in Devontae Adams and also Alan Lazard. Could potentially get Marquez Valdez-Scanling back, although he is on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. So neither team really is at full strength when you get to week eight. But as we look at this matchup, MJ, everyone wants to know, can the Cardinals get to 8-0 their best start in franchise history, whether that was Chicago, St. Louis, or here in Arizona? Eight is the magic number. So when we talk about keys, what is Mike Jarecki's first key here for the Cardinals against the Packers? Well, when I say this, it's you know it's easier said than done, but I think you got to make them one dimensional. They got a really good running back in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. You got to see his casts. They remind me of Larry Centers, and so he they're got a lot of explosion now. They're out with some of their top linemen, including their left tackle. Um, you know, obviously they use the tight ends probably to you know chip to get. So I I just think you got to you got to make them one dimensional. And when I say that, you're going to say, well, why would you want Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball around? Well, I'm just saying like. They're going to benefit if they can run the ball, keep Kyler Murray and the Cardinals offense on the sideline. So, um, you know, I think you have to somewhat make them one dimensional. And I'm thinking going in, um, if you can contain the running game, I think that will help and put Rodgers maybe in some situations. But it's I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they run for 125 yards. The thing is, you know, when they get in the red zone, they scoring touchdowns. Rodgers is running more. He's so he's so um, smart when it comes to reading defenses. I don't, I don't think there's anything he won't hasn't seen in the past. Uh, different players, obviously, different scheme, but um, you know if they can hold these guys to less than four yards of carry, I think that will go a long way. Just uh, time of possession when the Cardinals get the ball. Jones averaging four and a half yards a carry. Dylan four point four yards per carry. So overall, the numbers don't look good. The Packers just nineteenth as far as running the football, but individually, whenever they touch the football, Jones and Dylan very very good. The other thing you got to worry about Jones is much like we talk about Chase Edmonds, his ability talking about Jones to catch the football out of the backfield. He ranks second on the team in catches and first 
in touchdown receptions. That scenario of his game that I don't think gets talked a lot about, but you know Vance Joseph and the Cardinals defense very aware of where Jones is, especially if he doesn't get the handoff immediately. There's no doubt about it. And, and, and that, you know, the Cardinals have given up some drives where, you know, they got gashed. And the key again is, again, easier said than done. It's going to happen just based on their athleticism and how powerful uh, Dylan is with his lower extremities is getting to the second level. You know, that's going to be something they're going to have to do. We know the Cardinals are one of the best uh, tackling teams in the open field. I think uh, it was Kyle Vandenbosch who pointed out actually in the preseason, he noticed it right away. And I think people are starting to take notice about Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker, the way they hit. And you got to give, you know, Marco Wilson's more a little bit more finesse. Byron Murphy will stick his nose in there. And so will Robert Alford. And when you had that kind of combination, you know, if they want to get to the second level, then obviously they, I, I feel good about them with the tackling, but that's going to allow them to move the chains if they get to the second level. It's not Derrick Henry. It's more like a Dalvin Cook when you talk about Aaron Jones. But at the same time, to your point, it's not just an arm tackle. It's you're gonna have to be, you're gonna have to wrap him up and bring him down. And maybe it is gonna have to be a second defender. But he is one of those elusive running backs, not big and powerful, but still powerful in the way he runs the football, which is more athletic, if you will, when you're comparing a Dalvin Cook, a Derrick Henry, and now an Aaron Jones. Yeah, Jones is just more, I mean, I can see Jones, you know, be as more of a downhill runner where Aaron Jones can, you know, that if they want to run that, uh, that zone to the outside, but he also can catch the ball to backfield. So if the Cardinals are bringing more than they can block, you know, Rodgers will, will bait him a little bit, come, keep coming. And then obviously that pop pass, to Aaron Jones, the next thing you know, he's off to the races. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Cardinals are a smart team. Uh, obviously, we talk about the physicality and leadership, but they they have made them out a lot of mistakes. They really they haven't beaten themselves this year. You know, at certain points in the game, yeah, I mean, the other team gets paid, but for the most part, just keep everything in front of you. All right. So, first key: make the Packers one-dimensional. It's something we talk a lot about, and it's what Vance Joseph preaches. But certainly, when you're Talking about this Packers offense, um, you take away that run. Yes, it's Aaron Rodgers, to your point, but still, um, you always want that quarterback to throw the football because more more bad things, if you will, could happen when the quarterback drops back to pass. There's no doubt about it. And like I said, he, you know, in week one, it was interesting because uh, the Saints were practicing in Dallas, and then their analytics team did a, a you know, like, figured out Aaron Rodgers where he's successful and where he isn't and they picked Florida and he struggled in Florida so they went down there and played in Jacksonville and everyone thought he was tanking the season the way he played that day he just had a bad day um and then they won six in a row and you know they've beaten some you know quality teams uh I think Washington Taylor Heineke he he ran for a ton of yards I mean they give up a lot of yards now some of it was big um big chunk yards but yeah I mean it, any, but like I said, uh, as long as Aaron Rodgers out there, I mean, they got a chance. I mean, yes. every time he steps on the field, and he he made like guys like Jeff Janis and uh, what was the other guy's name, like Guillermo or something. He, I mean, he had two in that one that one uh, possession. So he he he'll, Randall Cobb's still there. Uh, they got players, but you know, but again. Um, uh, it, it, again, just don't give, give him the ball in the hands, maybe in the fourth quarter, you know, that final drive. Uh, so 
Yeah, because uh, we we already been there, but he hasn't he hasn't been successful at State Farm Stadium though. It is not. It's been his own little uh, personal house of horrors, especially his last couple of trips to Arizona. Although he did mention when he addressed the uh, Green Bay Packers media this week that uh, he did like the State Farm Stadium. He did like this the, the signage. He liked the name. Wasn't yeah. sure if Jake was going to be there, but uh, you know, <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, Bird Gang, uh, Google it. All right. So first key, make the Packers one dimensional. What's key number two? Key number two is going to be the the, the Cardinals offense. Um, you know, just trying to spread them out. You know, you got Zach Ertz, and you got you know, obviously we know who the top four receivers are now. You know, last week run run blocking wasn't an issue. Pass protection was an issue early in that game, and when you look at it. You know, the Cardinals are catching a break here besides the two wide receivers, but you look at uh, Zadarius Smith, he's one of their better players. Jer Alexander, Jer Alexander, he's one of the best corners in football. He doesn't get a lot of credit because he plays in Green Bay. I'll put him up there with uh, Jalen Ramsey and, you know, obviously Stefan Gelman when he's healthy. So they're, they're missing a pass rusher and one of their best corners. So uh, the Cardinals need to be better in pass protection so they can protect Murray. Um, their defensive coordinator is on the COVID list, so that obviously the game plan has been put in. So somebody else is making the calls. Like you know, it's not going to be the same. He, he, I'm sure they're going to stick to what they do, um, but, but obviously with the different guy making the calls, it's going to be just a little bit different. So I want to see if the Cardinals can spread them out, considering they don't have their one or their two best players. Uh, again, Alexander, I, I looked at his stats just in the offseason, considering I knew the Cardinals were going to play him, and I was amazed. I'm like. Why does this guy get more credit? And so, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the fact that they're missing some of their top guys, and it's more from the linebacker and the corner position than it is from the front four. They have leaned heavily on their rookie out of Georgia. First round pick, 29th overall, Eric Stokes. He's got a team high, eight passes defensed, and it is a secondary that numbers-wise has done very well against the pass. Number six defending the pass this season it is going to be interesting how this Packers unit uh adjusts if you will without Joe Barry the defensive coordinator testing positive and not with the team yes you're a part of the game plan and we've seen head coaches miss games Cliff Kingsbury Kevin Stefanski as far as missing games but different perhaps when it's a coordinator one who is making those immediate adjustments and who do the Packers have or do they rely on some of their veteran players to make those in-game adjustments when the guy who set up the game plan as the coordinator is not around exactly and and again it's just a different voice but at the same time this is their scheme this is their system now um yeah when you mentioned you know maybe they fared well against uh, the other teams when it comes to their secondary well let's be honest I mean Taylor Heineke's guy that really doesn't throw the ball. He's probably better off running. Uh, you go back to week one and, and uh, Jameis Winston, he kind of – so I don't know if they faced a quarterback like Kyler Murray. That's fair. Yeah, they have not – they have not faced someone like that as far as a, a true dual threat, if you will. Yes, Heineke was able to run the football, but yeah. him running versus Kyler running is, is completely different. And him throwing versus Kyler throwing is completely different. Just the yeah. arm strength. The one thing we I, I do want to mention, and I know he's a name that was brought up this offseason, and that's what Devondre Campbell is doing for that Packers defense right now. 
leads the team in tackles. In fact, he's top 10, I think, in the NFL in tackles. Coming off a great game last week, 13 tackles, 10 solo, two forced fumbles. But one of those players that just can't seem to latch on with a team as far as long term. He played exceptionally well for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think that can be debated. Yet, when you look at what was behind him with Isaiah Simmons and then you draft Zayvon Collins, Campbell wasn't needed. Unless when we talked in the offseason, if Jordan Hicks was not going to be available and Campbell was still on the market, then maybe you just swap those guys out because you did need a veteran at inside linebacker if you were going to lose a Jordan Hicks and have two young guys. But Hicks stuck around and Campbell landed in Green Bay and he is making the most of his opportunity with the Packers. Yeah, and, and I do think the Cardinals did have a team out there that was willing to offer a six-round pick. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I think they uh, they decided they were going to go a different direction with the, uh, a younger player, but they thought they had a deal. But again, sometimes the best deals are uh, the deals you don't do. And I mentioned Julio Jones recently. You know, I'm glad the Cardinals didn't sign him. But, yeah, I mean, and, and according to Aaron Rodgers, they asked him, you know, he goes, well, I know him from Atlanta. We played Atlanta uh, a few times, and he said, I was I was shocked that he was running with the twos uh, uh, in practice. And then I, would, I, I read, you know, I try to read as much as I can based on, you know, kind of that four-game schedule, who they're playing. And he was attending special teams meetings on his own because he thought, you know, if I can help on special teams. And now he's more vocal there um, because you don't have Smith and you don't have Alexander, where those guys are kind of the, the el, uh, elder statesmen and their, their uh, upside in production speaks volumes what they do. So, um, yeah, it, listen, I if they would have traded Jordan Hicks, I think he would have been an option. And uh, But Jordan Hicks has played really well and good for Campbell. Hopefully, maybe he can get a long-term deal out of this because, um, you know, he just goes about his business and, uh, you know, Two years, two, uh, two, uh, three years, two years ago, the Cardinals had given up like 17 or 18 touchdowns. Last year, they gave up two, and I give a lot of credit to him and maybe some of the secondary guys that did a good job too. Yeah, defending the tight end Campbell really solidified that. A reminder: last season, 16 games wearing that Cardinals uniform, 99 tackles, two sacks. So he did what he was asked to do. I think he did more than what he was asked to do wearing that Cardinals uniform. Well, and he also went against that Cardinals offense every day in practice. So the, you know, I'm sure they're picking his brain, uh, you know, uh, keep him in the pocket, you know, easier said than done. But I, I mean, he has, in, in, he's the closest guy that has probably the most intel that changed teams in one year. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory. Number one, make the Packers one-dimensional. Number two, spread the Packers defense out, utilize all of the weapons that Kyler Murray has with respects to that Cardinals offense. What's number three, MJ? Number three is going to be play with a lead. I think it's very important the Cardinals play with a lead here. And, and, and I'm not saying they can't come from behind, but if the, if the, if the Packers get up, you know, as, as the Cardinals played in the first quarter last week, and then, you know, obviously they made adjustments, but if they're down by 10 or 12, 14 points, all of a sudden it's going to change because now they're going to try to run the football and they're going to try to utilize the clock. And, 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 and at that point, you know, the defense is going to have to step up. So I just think, you know, if you can play with the lead and it doesn't have to be three scores, I mean, just play with the lead to where you don't have to come out of your offense and their defense can still do what they want without them lining up 
and running the ball 30 to 35 times. So that that's, to me, is if you can play with a lead, I think it will go a long way. You could say that with any team, but with this Cardinal team, though, um, we've seen it when they get a lead in that fourth quarter, it becomes, a, you know, a really a, a, a run game for them. I mean, you're not gonna, always going to have a four-minute drive, but when you get to that seven or eight-minute mark and you have a lead by two or three possessions, it could be 17 points or three three scores, that's where they take over, and that's where they've been really effective, and that's where the run blocking comes in. It's been amazing to watch this offense as far as transform when they do have a lead because they'll spread you out in the first quarter, first half, throw the football around the field. You get that two-score lead, and then all of a sudden, it's you're still spreading out, but you're running the ball between the tackles and it's ball control and you're working the clock and moving the chains. And that's something that people haven't seen the first couple of seasons under head coach Cliff Kingsbury. But when you do have with when you play with the lead, the playbook opens. And when you're down two or three scores, then all of a sudden the playbook shrinks because you have to drop back and throw the football. Now the Cardinals do have the ability to get back into games. Week two against the Vikings, they trailed came back and because it is that high powered offense, the quick scoring offense, they can get you on four or five plays. They can also go 10, 11, 12 plays to score. I really like the 50-50 balance, if you will, at the end of the day with what Kingsbury and the offense have been able to do. Exactly. All right, my X factor, Chandler Jones. He should have had three sacks maybe in the Cleveland game. He could have had a couple more. I'm not saying he's going to have five, but he's going against their backup left tackle, David Bakhtieri. He's an all-pro player, a guy that has protected Aaron Rodgers over the years. And so I, I got to think he's looking his chops there. And, and, and the fact that if he can get in the backfield, then maybe he can force a fumble or, you know, you know stab for the ball or let Marcus Golden start eating from the other side. Um, but Chandler Jones, to me uh, – now he he'll, he's going to win that matchup. I don't. I mean, again, coming back from COVID, but I just think you know he hasn't. He's got. He should have fresh legs. Now I know COVID can affect different guys. Just want to make sure. And if he's lost some weight, um, you know, obviously he's probably eating better now. And we didn't hear anything about losing your, your, his uh, t- uh, smell or taste. So I got to think he's got a chip on his shoulder because he's, he's still stuck where he was in week one. Um, but we know he's done a, a lot of more uh, different things than just fill up the stat sheet at the sack position. He's forcing fumbles. He's freeing, he's freeing Marcus Golden up. I mean, he, that's the whole idea of bringing J.J. Watt in and, and having Isaiah Simmons close to the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's the hot, whole idea is frees guys up, and Golden has benefited from it, but he also puts the work in, and it's not like it comes that easy to him. He puts the work in every day, and that's why Marcus Golden is really playing well for the Arizona Cardinals, considering they only gave up a six-round pick. And as soon as Chandler Jones went down, they made that trade. As soon as Max Williams went down, they made that trade. They didn't wait. And obviously, those are two. Uh, we'll, we'll see more about Zach uh, Ertz. Um, but we know what Golden has done uh, over the last couple of years. You know Chandler Jones is chomping at the bit <laughs> to get back on that football field. You mentioned week one, five sacks. He doesn't have a sack since. And since he's been on the sideline, he's lost the team lead in sacks. Marcus Golden has six, and he's seen J.J. Watt tie him for career sacks at 102. So, you know, within that locker room, there's some good-natured ribbing between all three of them. At the end of the day, though, it's how do you get that W? And I would like to see Chandler Jones. Again, he doesn't have to bring down Aaron Rodgers. It is, though, 
Free plug here for the Arizona Cardinals kickoff magazine. It is the marquee matchup, Chandler Jones and Aaron Rodgers. This will be only the second time they've shared the same field. First time was back in 2018. Chandler Jones did record a sack in that contest, a game the Cardinals won at Lambeau Field. So it would be nice to see Chandler Jones, one, just back on the football field, and two, disrupt the Packers offense, get into that backfield, whether it's TFLs or quarterback hits. You know, uh, the NFL does a really good job sending out the capsule for each week, and they kind of give you the numbers. Uh, his numbers on Thursday Night Football, oh, they're off the charts. I want to say he's got eight sacks. I want to say he's got a couple forced fumbles. He's got a couple uh, fumble recoveries. He's got some uh, quarterback hits, some tackle for losses. So, again, under the lights, you know, it's it's the first time they're going to have the number one crew in, in, in the NFL. Um, and I'm sure they probably get, maybe that Dallas game gets flexed out. Who knows at the end of the year, depending on what they're playing for. Um, but anyways, yeah, so bright lights. These guys all enjoy it. There's nothing like Monday Night Football. It's the only game in town. And, you know, you're, 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 people you went to school with are watching. Your, your school teachers are watching. They're all watching. I know that guy, you know, stuff like that. So, But this, the bright lights and uh, that's, that place should be rocking. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how many Packer fans there. But uh, Cardinal fans, protect the nest, okay? And, and and we talked about it about capitalism and all that other stuff. Listen, what I said on the post game Sunday was, this is the year you want to be at the stadium. I get that's going to pay for half of your tickets, but this this could be a miracle season. I mean, this team's. I mean, they're going to be in double digits. I mean, we they still got t- t- ten games to go, and they're seven and zero. So. Do what you want to do, but I'm just saying this is a magical season. And uh, so uh, I hope Cardinal fans do the right thing. And I, and I know 98.7 is doing the right thing by giving out tickets, you know, code red. Um, so hopefully you get a chance to win some tickets. But protect the nest. By the way, a win on Thursday would match the Cardinals' win total from last season. <laughs> just let that sink in yeah. a little bit here as we're still yeah. in the middle I- of October. Aren't you glad we're not talking about five and two and six and three? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite a difference. All right, so we got the X Factor, Chandler Jones. What's your intangible for this Week Eight matchup? Special teams. Uh, Mason Crosby struggled. Now it's indoors, it's grass, um, but he, you know, it's a little difficult. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes late in December, he got a kick there, um, but he's missed extra points, and so I just think you know if Rondo Moore can tilt field position and Matt Prater can be consistent. Now the thing is, Matt Prater on the year. Field goal wise, he's 12 of 15. We know he's tried a 64 and a 61. Um, it, but on the other side, you know, Crosby's 12 of 16. They're both tied for 11th, but Crosby's has come in pressure time. They got lucky when they went to overtime. He had missed like two or three, and then he, they gets, he finally gets the one in overtime. And of course, Rogers said he knew he was going to kick that one when the game was on the line. So I just think special teams here, um, maybe you can get a block punt or something like that. And not that they needed to. to to create another possession, but I think it would go a long way just kind of playing that complimentary football. You know, offense, defense, they play off each other and special teams. Maybe they can get to midfield and, you know, give Kyler a short field to play with. Rondell Moore has come close. He certainly makes it exciting when he is back there returning punts, but there have been a couple where, you know, just make another guy miss or another key block, then all of a sudden he's off to the races for maybe 30, 35, 40 yards, or maybe he houses it. And it is a dynamic that we just haven't seen in a long time. So perhaps maybe this is the moment for Rondell Moore on Thursday. 
Yeah, and I'm noticing teams are um, sometimes on the punt. You know, he's he. You know, the rule is you put your cleats on the ten yard line, and then the ball's been bouncing sometimes to four. I just wish he would hit that first guy. Now I know that you know there's guys breathing down his neck, and I think we're going to start to see teams use a coffin corner, like kick it to the sidelines. So now the sidelines becomes a defensive player. Now he has the ability to take it, you know, into the middle of the field, but you don't have a lot of wiggle room if you got a defensive player there. So um, I'm really impressed with his kickoffs. I have no problem four yards deep taking it out. He usually gets to the 20, 23, 25. And, uh, but I'm with you. It's just a matter of time. And uh, clearly, uh, you know, he's a weapon on both uh, special teams and uh, on the offense. Now, we did see Eno Benjamin return kicks this past Sunday against the Houston Texans. I wonder if that continues or depends on the rest of the roster as far as whether you need that active guy in uniform as opposed to Eno Benjamin, but it does take something off of Moore's plate, especially if we see him a little bit more, no pun intended, as far as on the offensive end, because it is difficult. You're returning a kick, you're returning a punt, and then you got to go back out there for first down. Definitely want to leave him at punt returner, though. I yes. mean, and, and, and we'll see the numbers, you know, who's out. Uh, did I have to dress another lineman or a tight end? Did they go three there? So it's always a numbers game for Eno. But I, I'm glad he got his first uh, carries last week, and that was nice to see. And the Cardinals, I think, did a good job. Like, I, I noticed Jordan Hicks didn't play as much as he has. And, you know, they, they I think some of those guys got between five and six snaps. Yeah, it's a small sample, but at least they didn't have to be on the field for 60 minutes. All right, so here's what we got for week eight. MJ's three keys to victory, make the Packers one-dimensional. Number two, spread out the Packers defensively as far as the Cardinals offense is concerned. And three, if you can, play with the lead. As we've seen over the last several weeks, it becomes more of a running game for the Cardinals offensively. The X Factor, Chandler Jones, and the intangible special teams. And you go a number of different ways with respect to special teams, which we just discussed here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I do want to point this out because this certainly has gotten a lot of traction since the news that Adams had um, been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. I want to get your thoughts too, MJ, as far as and I don't know who to credit, but now all of a sudden you can't go anywhere when you talk about this matchup and not see 6-0. and The Packers over the last two seasons, 6-0 and without Devontae Adams on the football field. That stat was relayed to Aaron Rodgers. And I like what he had to say because there is no one that follows the Packers or the National Football League that thinks the Packers are better without Adams on the football field. Despite that 6-0 and mark, the Packers are not better without Adams on the football field yet Aaron Rodgers 17 touchdowns one interception 70 percent completion percentage in those six games over the last two seasons with Devontae Adams I I, you know it's you say small sample size but six games is six games over two seasons so it is an odd statistic but it does make you wary of an Aaron Rodgers someone who is capable of uplifting whomever he has as a pass catcher to, to new heights without your number one guy on the field. Yeah, one of those games, Aaron Jones had four touchdowns. It's one of the beat writers um, that, that I actually retweeted out. Um, he's the one that came up with it as soon as they announced that Adams was out. And then Robert Robert uh, Tobin or Turbin, he's another guy that had a couple touchdowns. I mean, if you look at the numbers itself, though, 
you're talking about 35, 38% of the, of the passing game is Devontae Adams. And, you know, you look at Lazard and, you know, there's a big drop off to me. They don't have a number two, even though Aaron Rodgers went to bat for Randall Cobb. He's more of a three, he's a slot guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, if you're talking about 35 to 38% of, of their passing offense, I mean, six and O's, again, that's not going to mean anything come tomorrow night. Adams leads the league in receptions. He's third in receiving yards, though what Vance Joseph, and he rattled off these numbers when he was asked about it on Tuesday. He knew all of it, but it was interesting to hear him say, quote, it's going to force Aaron to obviously play a cleaner game. And I think, you know, as Aaron Rodgers, you don't maybe take as many chances if you don't have Adams on the field because when you know you're throwing it to him, you can get it into tighter windows because either he's going to catch it or no one is going to catch it. But it is an interesting statistic. You're going to hear it and see it a lot on Thursday. And it, it does make you think, all right, well, maybe it's a little bit of an easier battle for the Cardinals defensively. But I I I'm not, I don't, I'm not going I don't, there. I don't I don't like this when when all of a sudden you're you're missing players or you're missing key guys because you don't want to relax and sometimes a team without its star can be much more dangerous because guys just feel they feel empowered to do a little bit more. I'm going to go to the opposite. I, I think it's where he's going to spread the ball around more. He's not going to be forced to look at Devontae Adams. You know, like, hey, if he gets single covers, I'm throwing to him, which is very similar to DeAndre Hopkins and, and A.J. Green now. But I think he's going to try to get more guys involved. And these guys have been waiting for their opportunities. And, you know, we'll, we'll find out who his, his go-to guy is just based on, you know, obviously practicing with those guys. So, But I, I think he clearly is going to have to spread the ball out. And that's where the Cardinals, you know, how much tape do they have on some of these other receivers, et cetera. Well, Randall Cobb, who the narrative was that Aaron Rodgers wanted him back in Green Bay. So all of a sudden he might become that number one guy. They do get Malik Taylor. He's been activated off the reserve COVID-19 list. And they do utilize a lot of two tight ends with Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis. Tanyan does have 15 catches for 155 yards and two scores. So, yeah, as, as a defense, you don't just key on Adams. Now all of a sudden you've got to be wary of anyone yeah. else that breaks the huddle as a pass catcher. Yeah, I'm glad you pronounced his name right. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree. But again, I think they, they probably think, you know, uh, we'll utilize Dylan and Jones and we'll, we'll try to go play action and then maybe keep an extra tight end in there to block Chandler Jones or Marcus Golden coming out the edge. I think the key for the Cardinals here is, uh, another key would be try to get some rush up the middle. Make Aaron Rodgers take him. We always say Vance wants to take the quarterback off his spot, you know, make, make him move around where, but he, but again, when I say all this stuff, he can, he can throw just like Patrick Mahomes sidearm. He could throw, I mean, he, he, when you watch him, you're like, this is not normal because he'll throw across his body over the middle of the field. I mean, but he gets away with it because he knows I got a guy wide open and I'm going to target this area. So um, as long as he's on the field, man, you got to be on your P's and Q's. He is fun to watch, and you are never out of it when you have yep. an Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. There are a handful that you could say about that, a Drew Brees, a Peyton Manning, a Tom Brady throughout the years that even you go into the fourth quarter down two scores or even three scores, 
be careful because especially at State Farm Stadium, we've seen it in playoff game after playoff game with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, they are never out of it as long as he is upright. Yeah, and I, I expect the Cardinals, whether they win the toss or not, I expect them if they can pick up a first down or two or, you know, pick up, a, you know, you know, first down or on second down, they pick up a first down. Um, then they go with the Murray up offense. They go with the up-tempo offense for nine. They can't substitute. So they got to try to figure it out. So um, that's who they are. And, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to the matchup. Um, I, I like the Cardinals in this game just from a standpoint of you just – Craig, I'm going to make this point. You can agree or disagree. The Cardinals would not be 7-0 without their defense. Correct. And as much as we talk about Kyler Murray and the offense, it's the defense that I've been more impressed with. Yes, it's the numbers, but it is everyone on that defense, not just the 11 starters, but the guys that come in off the bench, if you will, that have maintained that standard that they set early on. And I'll go back to week one. At Tennessee, J.J. Watt walking off the field, a surprise that was expected. Well, it was a surprise to, to me, to be honest, yet we've seen it now, week in and week out. They are, they are stopping, slowing down, and sometimes shutting out, more times than not, opposing offenses. Well, I mean, when you're putting up over 400 yards and, you know, what, six of the seven games are – Five of the six, seven, or five of the seven games, the the offense grabs the headlines. I get it, and plus it's fantasy football, and you got Kyler Murray playing like an MVP, and you got Hop out there who's kind of sacrificing some targets and touches for touchdowns. You know, Christian Kirk's having a great year, so yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, that that's that's their offense, and it's it's exciting, and you know, it's must TV when Kyler's out there. But I I just think without that defense, they would not be unbeaten right now. Number one scoring defense, number one defending third down, number one defending fourth down with 12 stops, most in the league, and number three defending the pass, which, uh, again, it's year three, something Vance Joseph also discussed, and Darren Urban's got a story up on azcardinals.com. We remember the struggle year one, got a little bit better in year two, but now here you are being patient and the continuity on staff on the football field on why this defense is where it's at right now. Yeah. And that's why, you know, some teams got to be patient. I'm, I'm sure, you know, uh, Cardinal fans weren't very happy winning five and eight games and I get it. Uh, nobody was happy last year. I mean, it was, it was, it was De Debbie Downer after the season, just like could have been, would have been, should have been, didn't happen. But I'm telling you what happened in week 16 and 17 is a blessing in disguise because Steve Kime rolled his sleeves up and said, I'm not letting this happen again. What happened in 16 and 17, that, that, the focus was, we're not going through this anymore. Third year with the head coach, third year with the quarterback, third year in the same system with the defense. Yeah, we're not going through this anymore. So it was a blessing in disguise actually what happened late in the year last year. Although I don't want to go through week 16 against the 49ers at home that that was that was painful even from the press box to oh watch. listen it was disappointing you're you're five and two and six and three and you know after the hell hell murray plays is i don't know just well you know brian fullery's and belichick kind of you know they they mucked the game up they didn't need to score a ton of points i mean everything to us through was inside the uh inside the numbers because he's left-handed um, but there's no way we should have lost to Cam Newton like that. But anyways, I, I really think that that was it. Like, okay, we're on notice here. It's it, not, not that it's now or never because Steve's looking two or three years, but 
it, it was a huge offseason for the Cardinals, huge. And they checked a lot of boxes. Week eight, Thursday night, football, primetime, 520, the kickoff from State Farm Stadium, 1.30 p.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Can the Cardinals get to 8-0 as they host the 6-1 Green Bay Packers, the NFL's second oldest rivalry behind only the Cardinals and the Bears, and some more history, which is on the Cardinals' side. They have won three straight at home over the Green Bay Packers. Now, that does include postseason, but the Cardinals certainly have the ability, and they know they can beat this Green Bay Packers team. Yeah, but all that really doesn't matter until we see what happens tomorrow night. It, I mean, I'm sure Rodgers, I don't know if he pays attention to that kind of stuff, but like I said, yeah, he's dangerous. Just just, just don't, don't make it a one-possession game in the fourth quarter where he has the ball. Now, I trust the defense, but I'm just saying – He's, he has the ability to, to pull off, uh, you know, he's kind of like Houdini at times. All these numbers, all these stats, what yeah. we've discussed, all goes out the window once the game is kicked off. We learned on, that. What was that? Oh, yeah. Other than we, that, all things are good. Yeah, we learned that. And I, I took a different approach based on Tom Brady saying, you know what? Uh, I know the Cardinals lost eight in a row. And I'm like, I'm not going there this year. Hammer versus nail. I'm just, what happens on game day? And again, the most talented team doesn't always win. It's a team that plays the best on that day. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.